Real people, real stories, real insight, and all straight from the horse's mouth. If it's equestrian, it's on another instalment of Under the Saddle with Adam Cromarty. Welcome to episode number eight. I'm Adam Cromarty. The weeks are flying by and it's time for another edition of Under the Saddle. I want to start this episode with a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening. The messages and the feedback have been amazing. So if you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and make sure you leave a review as well. If you've got any guest requests, you can do that on Instagram. Just search for Adam Cromarty. I'll be posting some behind-the-scenes photos on my Instagram, actually. I'm heading off to Florida in a couple of weeks' time, so don't forget to follow me on there. Now, for regular listeners, you'll know I have been at home for a couple of weeks. It's been so cold and wet here in the UK, but in between keeping warm, I nipped into the studio and gave our next guest a call. Eve Jobs is the daughter of the late Apple co-founder Steve Jobs, but she's also the most down-to-earth, fun and normal person you will ever meet. Get ready to hear us chat about Eve's life growing up, her debut team outing, how she's juggling school with riding politics, a whole lot more, and you can find out what Eve's secret talent is, but you'll have to wait till the very end. Well, I think we've really got to start, Eve, with what an amazing year 2019 was from World Cup finals, Pan Am Games, Nations Cups. It was just amazing. Yeah, so last year was probably the biggest year Mm. of my uh, career in the horses. Mm -hmm. So last year, we started out um, in the World Cup finals, which was my biggest goal um, for a long time. Mm. And it came to fruition that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that went so well that I actually got put on a team, my first like senior Nations Cup team, yeah. later in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to Jalapa and that I was really, really, really nervous. Okay. Uh, I don't think people like, really prepare you for uh, the anxiety that comes with being yeah. on a team for the first time, but it really is real and it's really there. Mm. And um, it was it was overwhelming, but it went r- quite well. I was very okay. proud of myself that I um, rose to that occasion. Yeah, and then yeah. after that, I was put on a couple more teams. And uh, my mare, like, I really have to credit my team and my mm. horse. They really helped me, and they um, got me to a place where I was confident and comfortable that okay. I could produce a clear round and produce a good round and have a score that I could be proud of and that I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um and so that gave me a lot of confidence going into like the Pan American Games, which was a huge goal that I didn't think was attainable, especially at the, like the beginning of the year. I really didn't see my year going um, as well as it did. And then, you know, I uh, one of my friends actually, I was having uh, dinner the other night um, mm-hmm. with two girls that are good friends, and yeah. um, one of them was there at the Pan Ams, and she said to me, she's like, you know. You showed up to the course walk the first day, and, and I've never seen anyone so happy and positive and full of energy to yeah. be there. Um, and I was like, yeah, but like, where else would we want to be? Sure. Like, it's nerve-wracking and it's anxiety-provoking, but at the end yeah, of the yeah. day, like, what else would we want to be doing? Not jumping the course? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're there. We got there. So uh, <laughs> I was pretty happy to be there. And if you had to choose between, you know, World Cup finals and the Pan Am Games, which kind of means the most to you? Or are they just so incredibly different that you couldn't choose? For me personally, they mm-hmm. they both hold a special place in my heart for different reasons. Okay. Like um, the World Cup finals was like my first championship and the first time I'd ever really seen anything that technical, that yeah. big on that sort of stage. Okay. Um, and my like 
that was such a feat for me to yeah. be able to be a young rider and come through the ranks and do everything mm-hmm. and then get to a World Cup Finals and be able to perform like decently well, yeah. um, something that I was happy with. And that was really special for me. The whole okay. week there, I just, is, is unforgettable for me. Mm-hmm. And then the Pan American Games, being able to represent your country, mm. that's also something I never really knew that I was going to get to do and to be able to kind of ride that wave of confidence and success all the way to be able to go to the Pan American Games and not only go to the Pan American Games, be on a successful team in medal. It's just amazing. So that was completely different, um, I would say. So they're both probably the two most special um, events that I've ever been a part of in my life. So. And where is that medal now? Is it somewhere special? I actually, so my mom, right when I, my mom was there actually for both of the events and she, she grabbed the medal and she was like, I'm going to get this frame for you. And so she put it in between <laughs> like two photos. It's really sweet. It's in my bedroom. I think I'm going to bring it out to the stable. Um, but yeah. Well, now we've talked about 2019. Let's head back in time. What was it like kind of growing up as Eve Jobs? Um, honestly, I had a really amazing childhood. Yeah. I grew up in a beautiful family in a place called Palo Alto, which okay. is um, kind of 45 minutes outside San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a great upbringing. I had amazing friends. I went to public high school. Yeah. I had, you know, that whole experience. Um, it was really fun. And mm-hmm. then I didn't actually even start competing in Florida up until I was like 17 years old. I think okay. I did my last junior year out here, but mm-hmm. pretty much I was out in California, you know, um, with the two trainers that I'm still with today, Ben Hay and Sasha Coleman. Yeah. Um, I've been with them since I was six years old and I would go out, I would ride mm-hmm. every day, ride anything I could find like that they had. And then I would go, I'd go to school and hang out with my friends. Yeah. Um, it was really it was a really beautiful place, and um, I had a great community that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really thankful for that, uh, especially as I get older. And growing up, I mean, was school really important, or was there such a huge focus on horses? Yeah, so, so, so it, you know, I think it kind of goes up and down. Yeah. It kind of depends. I, like, school, of course school is mm. always been important. Um, it still is, but it... Mm-hmm. I kind of hit like a lull in high school where I prioritized more my friendships and under- meeting new people and traveling mm-hmm. and then the horses. Um, and so it, I ended up being a little bit burnt out of trying to do it all. So I ended up taking a gap year okay. uh, at the end of high school before I went to college. And I'm really, really, really happy that I did that because then I kind of got to see what would happen if I dove in completely into riding. Yeah. And basically what, what came of that was I realized I'm not great when I put all of my energy and all of my thoughts mm. into one passion. I need to have different outlets um, to really feel... Uh, fulfilled and not overthink the one thing that I'm doing because okay. what happened on my gap year was I really just became too invested in the sport and then you overthink and I was being too critical and you know then you're flatting your horse and like he's not giving he's not giving and it's not perfect and <laughs> yep. nothing's going your way it feels like um 
so then when I went back to college, uh, back to school, everything kind of fell into place again. And were you aware growing up, obviously, that you were Eve Jobs? I mean, were your friends asking for help with their phone? Because the iPhone had kind of been out by the time you kind of got to being a teenager and you were still at school and stuff. Were you sort of aware of that? <laughs> well, they knew not to. I'm really, I'm not uh, tech savvy. <laughs> but, um, you know, no, I, I grew up in a really, it wasn't, it wasn't centered around that. Mm. I grew up, you know, with people that didn't really view me in that way. I didn't really care, to be honest. But bluntly, um, no, it was it was great for me, uh, and I'm really thankful for that. That sounds great. And you know, when you were growing up, and even now, are you a bit kind of wary when you meet new people that they may just want to be your friend because of who you are, or is that not something that um, you really sort of think about? Yeah, I, to be honest, it's not something that I like to really have on my mind when I meet new people. Mm. I don't like to be thinking um, about that when I approach someone new. I, I kind of like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And like, I'm, I'm a big believer that you can learn something from everyone. So I like to approach yeah. people with an open mind. But uh, yeah, I think if, if someone's intentions aren't completely uh, authentic, you kind of read into that. You can see it. It's, it's pretty obvious. Sure. Um, but, you know, I don't really live my life like worried about uh, people's ulterior motives, you mm. know? Um, but it definitely, it definitely is different in college. It's definitely different when you travel and meet new people and people that you didn't grow up with and know you really well can have some like preconceived notions that aren't necessarily yeah. who you are, what you value or stand for. You know, people, some people think they, they know you better than they do. Yeah, and you mentioned traveling there. You spend a lot of time in Europe now. How different is it from kind of being in the U.S. and competing in the U.S., being over in Europe? Well, it's it's similar and it's different. So... I think the the sport is kind of viewed as it's bigger there. Okay. It just is it it feels a bit more important, but at the same time, it feels more relaxed. Sure. I was talking actually to a friend the other day, and she she said something that was really true. That like over there, over here, just there's this energy, there's this intensity mm-hmm. that can sometimes get a little bit nerve wracking and anxiety provoking here. Um, And over there, everyone's kind of a little more relaxed and just kind of doing their own thing. And everyone um, is a little bit calmer. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that is, but it is true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I like competing over in Europe. I love competing here. It's these states. I mean, this is where I'm from and like to support that. And coming up in the sport, it's also very different. You know, in Europe, you have a couple of training sessions a week, but really work on your own. Where in the US, everyone kind of has a trainer, stays with the trainer. And I know at some events, you know, you're even waiting. The competition's held because we need the trainer to get from one ring to the next so that they can warm their pupil up. And that just doesn't happen in Europe. Do you think there's a system that's better or are they just a bit different? I think it really depends on the person. Mm. I think if, I think what works for one person definitely does not necessarily work for the next sure so for me personally i mean i've been with the same two trainers since i was six years old okay. so i need that <laughs> and i'm not ashamed I Quite no right. shame. <laughs> so like, i uh i like bouncing off ideas i i also train with eddie mackin who's a legend in the sport yeah um, definitely so if i walk a line like sure as hell you better know I'm gonna ask him what he thinks <laughs> for sure uh, I do feel confident enough in my own abilities that if he wasn't there I know what to do yeah but it is really nice um being 21 years old and not really having 
anywhere near the experience that he does, mm. um, you know, asking and talking about it and then having someone there to kind of help. I mean, I don't think there's really any shame in asking for help and having help. Sure. But at the same time, there is a point where I think you need to also be a, your own, like, person and rider and be like, you know what, I think this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I think it also gives you more confidence when you are like, I think this is going to work and then it pans out and it actually does. So I think there's, it's a two, you know, it, sometimes one works better for some one person and then the other system works better for another. So I think it's just yeah. what you find um, seems to be beneficial to you. And when you're over in Europe, do you have time for a bit of a social life? Are you a bit of a party animal or anything? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I mean, I barely have a social life here, so I really can't. But um, <laughs> not really. Like, I, it's kind of horses, horses. And then, you know, if I have an off week, I'll take a couple of days. I'll go mm. travel somewhere, like, beautiful with friends. So that's really fun. And I'm very lucky to be able to do that. Mm. But uh, no. No, unfortunately. (laughs) You're making me feel better because I thought I was just getting old, but it sounds like you don't get a chance to have any kind of wild nights either. Oh, God, I wish. I actually have had some wild (laughs) nights out, which I... But I always find the most wild nights that you end up having Mm. always start with like, oh, yeah, like, I'll go out for a little bit. Or, (laughs) yeah, like, let's let's see, like, where the night goes. And then it's like, oh, no. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it's not just me. Uh, right, we've got to ask, what is happening in the love life of Eve Jobs? <laughs> oh, no, do you? I am, I am single. Okay. Um, and I'm, I don't know, I'm dating. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, um, I, I'm, I don't really date anyone in, uh, in the horse world. But Very I, wise. <laughs> I, I, I did one time and I found it to be a little bit distracting for me. Um, okay. And so when I'm here, I just kind of focus on the horses. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably move on. <laughs> so let's talk about the numbers. I mean, you're fifth under 25 rider in the world. You're now in the top 100 on the Longines ranking list. Do you focus on numbers or is it just doing uh, your best? No, no, I don't really focus on the numbers. Um, I I don't, since I am in school and stuff, I don't really get to compete Mm -hmm. all that much. And so I'm more based, I more work backwards from my goals. We set a goal and then we're like, how are we going to get the horses best prepared for that? And then I kind of jump and if it goes well, my ranking goes up. And if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. my ranking goes down. So it kind of, it all depends on how I am riding and how the horses are jumping. And it's nice when it goes up, of course. I'm flattered by that. (laughs) And you are juggling the sport with academia. You're still at school. You're at Stamford. Why did you choose that school over any others? I mean, is it because that's where your parents met? Was it, you know, something to do with that or a different reason altogether? Actually, so it's a it's a funny story. So I was a little bit burnt out with school, like I said, at the end of my uh, right. time in high school. And I actually really did not want to attend Stamford. Okay. Um, <laughs> my parents meaning there actually had no... Uh, sway and and decision either way that was kind of just a fact um but I was really insecure about not being smart enough to be there and feeling a sort of pressure that I wasn't going to thrive or you know meet people Mm. that I was like friends with or I, I I had some fear about Stanford because it is so 
like it is regarded as like a prestigious university. Yeah. And I didn't think that um that I was gonna fit in there okay. and be smart enough to like do well and be um able to do both. Mm-hmm. School and writing, I mean. Um yeah, yeah. and so I actually took a year. Uh my mom was pushing me pretty hard to go to Stanford okay. and I was kind of pushing back <laughs> and then I traveled a bunch and I went right into horses for the yeah. whole gap year. And I kind of realized, wow, like I really do want to do this sport at a high level, but I also mm-hmm. am really curious and want to go to school and want to push myself intellectually yeah, yeah. Um, because I think that's really important to me as well. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, you know what, I need to just step up to the plate. If I'm not smart enough, I'm going to be, I'm going to work harder. Um, and so I decided to go, uh, and it was the best decision that I made. Okay. So I'm really happy I did that. And I'm really happy that I took the time to kind of understand why I didn't want to go because, you know, insecurity is a hard thing to admit to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then understanding how that's playing a role in your life and trying to fix that is also hard to understand. Yeah. And so it takes, these things take time. So I'm really happy that I did that. And the course you're studying has one of the longest titles ever, and I can never remember what it is. Uh, are you still doing the same one? Oh, oh, so I actually, I, I switched majors. So I was studying okay. science, technology, and society with a concentration in politics and policy. Yeah. But I switched it because that's too long to say, and okay. I just, no, I'm kidding. That's how I switched it. But um, now I'm in history with basically a concentration in international policy. Well, it's still interesting, and it's even easier to remember as well. So it's a win-win. Yeah, just less of a mouthful. But um, no, both both grade majors. I just um, the classes that each one requ- required. Um, I found the history ones to be a little bit mm. more like in my niche of interest than mm. the others. But uh, but yeah, the cool thing about uh, Stanford is you can actually take a lot of different courses. Like I've okay. taken some amazing like communications courses and mm. psychology courses. Okay. And yeah. So it's, it's a phenomenal university and the quality of professors is out of this world. Mm. So I'm very, very lucky to be able to have the opportunity to go there and be here in Wellington, Florida competing. So, yeah. uh, and once you actually graduate, do you think you're going to yeah. go into the work world or do you think you're going to kind of stick with the sport and try and Ooh. make that your career? I don't think I'm going to be riding full time ever just okay. because, I did that once and it really, mm. it really wasn't good for me, both mental health wise and just like, it, it, it didn't really go well. Yeah. The riding, I wasn't riding well. I wasn't happy here, like just doing this. Mm. Um, mainly because I do the sport because I love my horses and I love my sure. animals. And I think when you put so much into an unpredictable, like so much of yourself and your hopes and your dreams into an animal, Animals are unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. I think it can be a little, um, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. But I also am really passionate and really um, driven in this sport. And Mm -hmm. so I don't think, I think I will be trying to compete at a high level, at least for a couple years after college. But I think I will also be doing something. But I don't really know what that looks like. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) And as well as school and riding, do you kind of follow politics and what's going on? Do you have any kind of thoughts about that? I do. Okay. <laughs> I do follow. Yeah. I think that's a hard question. Um, mm-hmm. 
I have a lot of thoughts. It kind of depends on what. Okay. Um, obviously, I am closely following uh, the presidential yeah. um, election that's going to be later this year. Uh-huh. And I have a lot of thoughts on that, but <laughs> okay. I don't think, I don't know that I should share them quite yet. But uh, I definitely, if you, if anyone wants to talk to me about it, I'm always open to. <laughs> Just maybe not on this podcast right now. <laughs> well, it's a sort of more direct question. Do you think after the election, we're going to have a new president in the White House? I hope. You hope, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to answer that other than I hope. <laughs> okay, we'll go with I hope. That's a good answer. It's a very political answer. Of course, the downside to that is your party trick could get even harder. Oh, I know. I'm going to have to add another president. I can't believe you know that about me. I'm so no, everything. That, that was supposed to never get out. Sorry, I've just ruined that. Me to do it. And every time I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> So now, of course, we've got to ask you, can yeah. you do your party trick? And maybe people don't know what it is. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> okay. It's early, but let me just tell me. Okay. So for everyone, anyone that hasn't heard, my big, my big party trick is that I can name all the presidents <laughs> from first to current um, in under 10 seconds. And... Don't and last me. names only. Yeah, 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 last names only. Don't time me because it is early, but I will try and do it under 10 <laughs> seconds. Um, ready? Okay, we're ready. Steady. Right. Go. Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Moreau, John Quincy, Adams, Jackson, Beer, and Harrison, Tyler, Polk, Taylor, Thilmer, Pierce, Buchanan, Lincoln, Johnson, Grant, Hayes, Crawford, Arthur, Cleveland, Harrison, Keaton, McKinley, Terrell, Scott, Chappell, Wilson, Hardy, Cooler, Trooper, Jared, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nick, Wall, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is such a Thank talent. You. I started off a little bit slow, but I picked it up. How did you learn to um, do that? Yeah, so that's actually a funny story. <laughs> I uh, I was in sixth grade, and mm-hmm. I, um, okay, here's another, like, fun fact. I'm fun a fact. really, really bad speller. Okay. I used to be worse. I've gotten better out of shame. Um, <laughs> but... I was always such a bad speller. So in okay. these little like sixth grade spelling quizzes that we got every mm. week, I never like won the thing of like, you got a gold star because you got all the words right. <laughs> um, so I was like, shit, I got to be good at, sorry. oh, sorry. Uh, I got to be good at something here. Mm. Um, and the other thing that we were learning was uh, the president. So every okay. like week we would do like an extra five. Mm. So I just really dove into that yeah. and I memorized all of them. And by the end of the year I had it down and it just kind of <laughs> stuck in my brain. I don't know mm. why. I think I just wanted it so badly because I just couldn't do anything else. that okay. like fun little quiz type <laughs> things. Um, but yeah, that's been seared into my brain since I was like 12 years old. <laughs> well, it's a great party trick, and now we've told everyone. I think you're going to get asked to do it even more. When I'm drunk, I'm honestly better than when I'm not. But um, and now you're 21, so you can. And say I'm that. allowed to say that I'm 21. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'm glad you're not drunk just now because it is only what half seven in the morning where you are. Oh yeah, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. <laughs> You've not just got in. Uh, can you imagine if I picked up the phone? He's like, "Oh my god, hi." <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Well, thanks so much, Eve. It's always a blast chatting to you. Thank you guys so much. I had a lot of fun talking to you. Now, I hope you're impressed I managed to get all the way through that interview without making any Adam and Eve jokes. Seriously, though, it's always a pleasure chatting to Eve. I hope her 2020 is just as successful as last year was. 
That's almost it for this edition. Quick reminder, hit subscribe, add a review, follow me on Instagram by searching Adam Cromarty. Oh, and finally, got to tell you about the next episode because it's going to be a bit of a special. I'm going to be joined by an equestrian performance coach and a sports psychologist. So if you've got any questions you want me to ask, if there's any areas where you think you could do with a little bit of help, then please get in touch. You can do that via Instagram or my website, which is adamcromarty.com. Tune in again next time. If it's equestrian, it's on Under the Saddle with Adam Cromarty.